Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The 11 to 1 show. It's the duet. I don't think anyone was expecting. One is a superstar diva. The other is a superstar diva. Hang on, maybe this will work. Madonna La Isla Bonita from one diva to two divas. One's a superstar singer. The other's a superstar reality TV star and more, I suppose. Entrepreneur, businesswoman. I, it's the it's the team that people didn't realise they needed and I'm kind of all for this because it looks like great fun between these pair. Mariah Carey and Kim Kardashian. Yeah, seemingly besties. They've teamed up for a duet. And now it's a TikTok duet, so it's not like a real thing that they're going to release. But the pair teamed up with their daughters to create this sort of mother-daughter video. It's going viral on TikTok. And we see um, North in the clip. Also, um, Mariah Carey's daughter, Monroe. And they start off dancing uh, to Mariah Carey's song, It's a Rap. And then the two, Mariah Carey and Kim Kardashian, appear from the side and start singing into hairbrushes and much to the annoyance of the the kids. <laughs> it's brilliant. They, you know, even though it's Mariah Carey and Kim Kardashian, they are still able to embarrass their children, which I love. And it's just lovely. It's this unexpected duet. They look like they're having great crack. And a lot of people are saying this is the, the duo we never knew we needed. I want to see a reality show where Mariah Carey hangs out with Kim Kardashian. Now, that is something that I would watch. Forget keeping up with the Kardashians. Keeping up with the Carey Kardashian scenario. I think that'd be good viewing. Good TV viewing right there. Yeah. Uh, Now, uh, getting down to what we're talking about on the show today. What's coming up? What is coming up? Well, we're going to be chatting to a very brave lady from Dunshockland. Okay, she is a legend. She's going to be jumping out of a plane. Yeah, jumping out of a plane. All to raise funds for Laura Lynn and we're going to hear about her story. We're also going to hear about her son Daniel who has a life-limiting condition and there's lots of challenges that both of these guys face uh, day to day with Daniel and, you know, with his health and everything. So we're going to hear all about that. Also, author Grace Tierney is back with us. Word foolery, but a romantic word foolery. And I have a mystery word as always for you. Grace always gives us a mystery word every month. We'll be getting to that very shortly. Late night text, lyrics from Picture this one night. It's almost one year. The 24th of February marks one year of the war in Ukraine. And the people of Ukraine are still trying to live their lives and war is raging on there. And even as I say this, I am so far removed from this. I cannot even imagine or even try to get my head around what would be going on um, over there. Never mind what is going through the minds of the people who are from Ukraine living here in Ireland at the moment. And a lovely lady, Tatiana Sarenko, I really hope I'm pronouncing her second name right. She reached out to me on email. She is living in Oldcastle 
and she sent an email and it goes like this. It says, one long year has now passed since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Unfortunately, the situation remains critical in our country. And so we are inviting everyone to pray and show their support for Ukraine to St. Bridget's Church Old Castle on Friday the 24th at 7pm. Father Ray Kelly will celebrate Mass and the Ukrainian community in Old Castle will also make a presentation. There's quite a number of Ukrainian people living there. Uh, they'll make a presentation about the situation in their country, about those who are fighting for Ukrainian freedom and victory and giving thanks for the help and support that we've received from Ireland and the Irish people at this difficult time. We particularly invite journalists and anyone who can help share the information. So, of course, I'm, I'm happy to share that information. Ukraine and request for support, Ukrainian soldiers and their family. So that so, uh, mass and prayer service it's going to be happening on Friday in St. Bridget's Church Old Castle at 7pm and they are urging everybody to go along pray with them show them your support in solidarity and everything that's going on it, it, like one year on and we're still talking about war in Ukraine and it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon but they need our help and support and this is a nice way that we can do this in Old Castle on Friday uh, the 24th 7pm St. Bridget's Church the 11 to 1 show. L-M-F-M. Today, word foolery is back. Author Grace Tierney is going to be telling us some of the fascinating and strange origin stories behind words. And she has a mystery word for us. I'm going to give you the mystery word very, very shortly. I'll bring a. Everything is pointless without you. New music from Lewis Capaldi, pointless. It's time for Word Foolery Wednesday. Word Foolery Wednesday on LMFM with Grace Tierney. Word Foolery Wednesday. Yes. Grace is coming back with us for Word Foolery, where we discover the fascinating and sometimes downright strange origin stories behind words we use all the time and words we should use more often. And this month, like every month, we have a mystery word. Okay, now I can tell you that Grace is going to have a sort of romantic theme with Word Foolery. And the mystery word, okay, so I'm going to give you the mystery word. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Uxorious. Uxorious. Okay, I'll spell it for you. U-X-O-R-I-O-U-S. So U-X-O-R-I-O-U-S. What does it mean? Now, no Googling. We will know if you cheat and you go into Google. We're going to know. The most ridiculous meaning for the word uxorious is what we're looking for. Now, I think that if it's on the romantic theme, I'm thinking, you know the way we say the ick now, someone's giving you the ick, you don't like them anymore, you've gone off them. I'm thinking that's kind of like a Shakespearean word for the ick. You are uxorious now to me or something. That's what I'm thinking. But it could be way off. It's probably way off. I'm always way off. But what do you think uxorious means? The most hilarious uh, suggestions for meanings, the better, please. 086-1800-658. You never disappoint. You always come up with way better meanings than I do. So much so that Grace has included us in her book, (laughs) her latest book, LMFM listeners and their guesses for all of the ridiculous mystery words have ended up in Grace's book. So don't let us down now, okay? Don't let us down. Uxorious. So you ex O-R-I-O-U-S. What does it mean?
Christy Moore, Ordinary Man. There is nothing ordinary about some of the suggestions coming in for our mystery word, Uxorious, on 086-1800-658. It sounds like a disgusted dinosaur after getting wilted flowers because the T-Rex couldn't pick them up fast enough. Graeme, I would just love to live in your mind. Like, seriously, <laughs> where did that come from? Okay, Uxorious, the Aureus bit, is that it? It kind of sounds like a dinosaur. Okay, I'm going to go with it. Okay, I'm going to go with that. Does it mean fed up or, you know, peed off, says Caroline? Well, it could, it could. Whatever it means, it sounds painful, says John. Now, this sounds like maybe it could be on the right track. And it's coming in from a guy called Baz Wiseman. Okay, so we're going to take Baz's word for this. Is it something to do with having a very strong love for someone? It could be. How would you even use that in a sentence? I'm uxorious for you. I don't know. I don't know. What does it mean? Keep them coming in. 086-1800-658. Now, a brave mum from County Meath is taking on a very big challenge. She's going to jump out of a plane. It's all to raise money for the Laura Lynn Foundation. We're going to chat to Monica Schwach. She's from Dunshockelin. Uh, she's from Yorkshire originally. She's living in Dunshockelin now. We're going to chat to her next. The 11 to 1 show. A very brave mum from County Meath is taking on the ultimate challenge facing her fears to jump out of a plane all to raise money for the Laura Lynn Foundation. This organisation is very close to her heart because the Laura Lynn are always ready to support her and her son Daniel who is living with a life-limiting condition. This latest fundraiser is another opportunity for her to give back to the charity and I'm delighted to welcome Monica Schwach. She's from Yorkshire originally but she's living in Dunshockland. She's on the line. Monica, how are you getting on? Oh, is she gone? Can you hear us, Monica? Oh, my goodness me. We're after, I don't know what's happened there now. We had her. No, I don't think so. We'll have to try and get her back. Okay, bear with me a second here. Let's get some music on the go here. Oh, okay, this is this is appropriate. Here's Brian Adams. Everything I do on LMFM's 11 to 1, so appropriate for this lady. We have Monica Schwach. She's on the line. How are you getting on, Monica? I'm good, thank you very much tonight. Great to have you on the show. Now, you are braver than me, that is for sure. This would be my biggest fear, jumping out of a plane. How are you feeling about it? Um, I don't know if, if brave is um, is the correct word to use there. I think completely insane would be more appropriate. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm extremely nervous. I'm not the best with heights either. Um, and I think... Initially, when I signed up for the challenge, it was firing up a way not to be nervous and worrying about it. But now it's sort of in, in February, it's, it's getting closer and closer and more terrifying day. Yes, because this is coming up in April. Where did the idea for this challenge come from? Okay, so um, a bit of history behind the, the challenge is, um, so I, I have a son with um, a life-limiting condition and actually one of his um, health care assistants, Let, um, she does a, a couple of evenings with, with Daniel. Um, we got chatting one evening and she was saying, you know, let's go out and, and, and do something, I mean, you know, seize the day type of thing. And from that, the conversation progressed and it turned into, well, what's on the... the um, of the fear and what could we do um, and skydive came up and then it was like right okay well the charity of choice for us uh, be in. Um, so because Daniel attends and they're just an amazing organisation and then um, Colette my healthcare assistant she actually looks after another child availed of services as well 
So it's so it's Colette's fault. It's Colette's fault, all of this. Yeah, yeah, hundred. I hope she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Colette's put you up to this. But you, this is not the first challenge that you've taken on. You you, you performed, like this is amazing to me. Despite after having no Irish dancing lessons or anything like that, you took to the stage with Riverdance. I did, yes. And once again, perform. And, and my name in the same sentence, I've used that lightly. I gave it my best shot, I think is, is what happened. So last year, it was actually last June, um, we were lucky enough, Laura Lynn were looking for, for four mammies to um, to get up on stage there with, with Riverdance and perform the, the encore piece. Um, so initially the, the three other mammies, the three other ladies signed up um, and then I was a bit sort of delayed in signing up and I thought, oh, this probably filled that spot anyway. But I was like, no, I'll see. And I got contacted and they were like, yeah, 100% if, you have, if you'd like to do it and we'd be delighted to have you. So off we went and we literally had 10 hours rehearsal um, over two weeks, um, two were in the studio, two were at the Gaiety. And then that was it up there on stage with the cast of Riverdance. Um, it was phenomenal, absolutely amazing. Um, the video is a testimony to this. I'm the one that's bobbing around, <laughs> not a clue what I'm doing type of thing. The other, the other girls at least had some Irish dancing experience. Um, I've, obviously, I've never done it before. You can probably tell from my accent. I'm not of Irish origin either, but I was so proud. It was amazing, phenomenal, remarkable um, experience. Laura Lynn, a fantastic for doing this, for creating memories, um, not just about the child, but they get the whole family involved. So we had Daniel in the audience. He was well enough um, to to come that um, that evening. He came Brilliant. in the second half. Um, so he actually got to see his mammy um, up there on stage. Like he loves music and sound and light. So it was a great experience for him, for us and, and a memory that we'll have for forever. Oh, and this is this is what it's all about. And through Laura Lynn, this is how you're you're creating memories for Daniel. So tell me about Daniel. I mean, he is such a special boy who has overcome huge, monumental challenges in his life. So Daniel is my world. I mean, ultimately, that's, that's you know, he's, he's my deal and then, so, um, so Daniel, Daniel has, um, I like limiting conditions, although he's actually still undiagnosed to this day. We were told Dan wouldn't survive past three. He's 14 now, and he's actually going to be 15 in April today after the skydive, um, so he is nonverbal. He's in a wheelchair. He has severe epilepsy. Um, he's fed through a transgastric genital tube. Um, he's on BiPAP at night. Um, so he has a lot of things going on with him. But the other side of that is he's still, you know, he's a he's a happy boy. Um, he he enjoys like going out and about. Um, we try and do as many things as we can with Dan. Um, but for us, it's all about, you know, quality of life yeah. for Dan and doing as much as possible, um, as often as possible um, when we can. So you went home from the hospital with a perfectly fine little baby boy, but you started yeah. to notice things then after time. He wasn't reaching milestones. Yeah, that's right. So um, so basically, um, we noticed quite early on, actually, that, that Dan... To think that he could, um, he, 
he could do initially, he had started regressing in his development or he basically wasn't achieving the, the milestones that, um, that a baby would. Um, initially, I did go to a, to a doctor with him. I, I was told at that time um, that I had um, a slow developer, a lazy baby, and to basically place him on his tummy a bit more and just see how things how things went. Um, I wasn't happy with that. We took him to the hospital. They did an EEG on him, and they could note the seizure activity that he was having there. I mean, at that stage when Daniel was a baby, he, he was having an to, um around... You know, a hundred infantile spasms. Um, wow, a hundred, a hundred little seizures yeah, a day. A hundred, and they were. If you didn't know which I didn't, I was completely naive. Mm. You didn't know what you were looking for. They were little. They could be just line movements, little jerks. Do you know mm. what I mean? And Daniel was is, is my only child, and um, so obviously it had no experience. Um, so this was it was completely like unknown, frightening territory. Um, so yeah, so he's been he's been through a lot. I mean, the first couple of years, um, probably spent in the majority of his life in Temple Street, um, just while there was tests um, happening. He would, in addition to the seizures, he would aspirate to that. There'd be a lot of chest infections, etc. But look, he's fighter, um, as is proven now. He's he's fourteen. He's like he's undergone you know a lot of admissions into into hospitals. Um, but he's a fighter. He's my whole world, and I'd be lost without him. He certainly is a fighter, and I mean, so are you. So are you, Monica. Because I mean, you know, to to talk through some of those challenges that that Daniel faces, and I mean, the fact that he pretty much needs. 24 hour care uh, that falls a lot of this falls to, to yourself uh, so this is where the likes of the Laura Lynn Foundation come in to support families like yourself yeah yeah that's right and um, and Laura Lynn they're a, a lifeline like um, I I don't have any any parents or siblings um, myself and sort of any any form of respite or, or anything like that comes from Laura Lynn. They're, they're an amazing organization in terms of, you know, you have the other the medical needs there that you require, but the child is going, it's like going from home to home um, because he's, it's not a hospital environment. He has, as I say, he has the, the medical attention that he needs, but he has the fun element of it as well when he's with Laura Lynn. I know that he's are you still there with us, Monica? We just lost you there for a split second. I am. Oh, yeah, she's there. She's there. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, so, like, no doubt, like many of the families in the same situation as, as yourself, you know, Laura Lynn, you really would be lost without them. So, this is where this fundraiser comes into place. So, you're going to be doing this on the 15th of April, one day before Daniel's 15th birthday, which I have to remind people no doctor at the time said he was going to, to get to there. He wasn't going to even get past three. So, this is pretty amazing. So, what happens? Do you, do you have like oh, like river dance are you just going to be thrown in the deep end literally Monica or can you is it just mental preparation or do you have any training in regards to this definitely no training tonight. I think it's just going to be at look I'm just going to go and excuse the pun and wing it um, literally <laughs> just go and, and do it look it's, Daniel will be there on the day unfortunately he can't physically go up in the plane and push me out of it but I know he'll be down there rooting for me you know, our, our main thing is to raise um, as much money as we can for Laura Lynn because 
not just obviously ourselves, but you know, families with with children like Daniel would be lost without organize, organizations like Laurel. They, they are they are absolutely. I, I can't stress how important they are. Um, just a, an example there. Last year, Daniel underwent um, surgery in July. He couldn't go back to school until after Christmas. I work full time as well, so it was a real balancing act. And Laura Lynn really stepped in and, and helped us out. I mean, they are Daniel's second home. So um, th- this is our chance to, to give back to Laura Lynn, um, to, to give something back and to try and thank them for the, for the work that they do, not just for Dan and our family, but for other families out there. So please, um, if, if you're out there and if you're listening and you have um, a couple of quid to give, then and please, you know, direct Laura Lynn is, is fine and but we support them. They're a very important organisation. Yes, and you have a GoFundMe set up. If people just search for Skydive Fundraiser for Laura Lynn, they can they can check in with you there. You had a small target. You've over a thousand raised at this stage, which is fantastic news. You want that to, to go up a bit more. So any little bit helps for people to support you. I mean, mm-hmm. what, I mean, do you think too far ahead into the future, Monica, in terms of Dan? Does that upset you to go to, go to that place? How, d- d- what is your feeling regarding, I suppose, what's going to happen down the line? I mean, he's going to be 15. You didn't think you'd get this long with him. Yeah. Um, I, I try not to. Obviously, I do. Um, I, I do think into the future. Um, we try and remain positive. For me, I'm a firm believer in knowledge is power. Um, the, the thing with Daniel is you you don't know what to expect. So it's the, the unexpected, it's the un, unpredictability of it all. I mean, if, if we had a diagnosis, we might have some indication of, um, of what the future holds. Um, we don't. So we just have to, you know, go day by day, give him the best support and best quality of life possible um, and, and do all we can. He's He's my world. He's my boy. I can't, I can't imagine life without him. So I don't. Um, you know, we've already been given, as you mentioned, and I said earlier, you know, we already were given prognosis, which he's outlived. And um, you know, I'd be lost without my boy. So I, I, I need him more than he needs me. I think so. Um, what the future holds, we don't know, but we're going to make the most of each and every day well Daniel is a very very lucky boy to have you as a mother he really is oh she's this line has been an absolute disaster for us today but look Monica Monica what an amazing woman can we help her of course we can of course we can any little bit at all she's going to throw herself out of a plane all to raise money for Laura Lynn who are supporting her family so so much so any little bit helps at all gofundme.com and if you search for Skydive fundraiser for Laura Lynn. You'll get all the details there. And we will. We'll try and check back in with Monica ahead of her challenge, which is going to be happening on the 15th of April. The 11 to 1 show. We are going back to 1997 today and a famous sheep 
LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 Yes, on this day in 1997, Dolly the Sheep, the world's first cloned mammal from an adult cell, is announced by the Rosslyn Institute in Scotland. And Dolly the Sheep, I think, lasted till about 2006 or so. And today is World Yoga Day. So when practiced properly, yoga can help to improve flexibility, balance and posture, build muscle strength, increase blood flow, boost immunity, regulate blood pressure, learn to focus and promote better sleep. So many reasons to give it a try. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. It's competition time and all this week I've teamed up with the Expressway. They have enhanced their 100x timetable so you can jump on board the 100x in Dublin City, Drogheda and Dundalk with 19 hourly services every day all serving Dublin airports. So that's four new daily trips including two nearly new early morning services departing Dublin uh, departing Dundalk sorry, to Dublin at 3.30 and Dublin to Dundalk at 5.44 and two new late night services departing at 21.30 from Dundalk to Dublin and from Dublin to Dundalk at 22.44. Also you can save 50% when you book online with a young adults or student leap card. Guarantee your seat and book in advance at expressway.ie Plus remember the Dublin Terminus has relocated from Wilton Terrace to Marion Square. So to celebrate all of this I have two weekly travel passes to the value of €140 to give away plus a €100 one for all voucher every day. All you have to do to win is tell me what celebrity would you love to travel with on the 100x Expressway and why. You can send a WhatsApp note, a voice note if you want to 086 1800 658. We've had lots of people, everyone from Kylie Minogue to Tommy Tiernan, lots of different celebs this week. So do get in touch for your chance to win. What celebrity would you love to travel with and why? 086-1800-658. News at 12 is approaching and after that it's Word Foolery with Grace. The 11 to 1 show. An iconic TV series gets the chop and it's all social media's fault. More details on the way. Coldplay Sky Full of Stars on LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. I'm devastated because a TV show that I loved, that had its debut back in the 90s, is getting the chop and it's all because of social media. Remember this? You've been framed. I think that's the more kind of newer theme song. I couldn't find the original old one on YouTube, but you get the gist. You've been framed. Started off with its original host in 1990, Jeremy Beadle, who was just amazing. And um, this was the first, forget your TikToks and your Instagrams, clips and all that, and your reels. You've been framed. If you wanted to see something funny, Namely, someone falling over, a child getting, you know, flung off a swing, someone's wedding dress, you know, falling down or someone's wedding cake toppling over. You've been framed was the place that you would see it, you know, and it was brilliant. It was brilliant. 
and it was just ordinary people slightly grainy footage of people just killing themselves off things falling into swimming pools falling down hills just hilarious stuff hilarious things happening and I just loved it I really really loved it it used to be on a Saturday and uh, there was uh, all the about the height of its fame 15 million tuned in to see just unexpected mishaps and people just you know falling down I mean simple Simple TV, you know, uh, but this is a sign of the time. So it's been shelved now because all we have to do is go into TikTok and look at some idiot falling down off something or, you know, something going viral and laughing. And then a, a seconds later, another clip, we could have you've been framed on repeat all day long if we want to. So these silly clips are no more. They are no more. Uh, but apparently... um the final, you've been framed, uh, the, the writing was on the wall really way back, way back in uh, the early sort of two th- or mid 2000s, really mid noughties, where it was kind of dwindling and they were they tried to revamp it again. And then they were re-showing kind of ones from the past. It was kind of reruns, that sort of stuff. Uh, but apparently um, Harry Hill, he was the, oh, he was great as well as the replacement host. He voiced 341 of the 701 episodes that have aired in the 33 years that it has been on the screens. So there you go. You've been framed. Just given the chop. Just there. Nice little bit of nostalgia though for you today. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. Kelly Clarkson sang Dermot Kennedy's Better Days during her Kelly Oakey segment on TV this week. Here it is. Waiting on a train that just won't come. The rain it ain't permanent. And soon we'll be dancing in the sun. We'll be dancing in the sun. ITV have acts you've been framed. It's been on our TV screens for over 30 years now and it's believed the rise in TikTok funny videos shelved the TV show. Kelly Bright, who plays Linda in EastEnders, has been talking about the Flash Forward episode from Monday night. Here's what she said. At the time, when we filmed that Flash Forward, we, we weren't told very much at all. One of the things that you can't really see on that is that I had a split lip Oh, okay. I know. Okay. So, and I don't know why. I don't know how I've ended up with the split. So they genuinely haven't told you anything No. And actually, when we filmed it, they actually made Tish film it two ways. So we had a he's dead and a she's dead. No way. Yes. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Uxorious. What does this mean? It is our mystery word this month for word foolery. Does it mean a total dislike or disgust for someone or something? John, your guess is as good as mine. We're looking for the meaning without Googling, please. Grace is going to be joining us for word foolery very shortly. Keep those suggestions coming in. What does uxorious mean? U-X-O-R-I-O-U-S. What does it mean? 086-1800-6. Phil Collins, against all odds, against all reason, really, or rational thought process on 86 658 What does it mean? What does it mean? Our mystery word, uxorious. We're going to find out with Grace Tierney next. 
It's time for Word Foolery Wednesday. Word Foolery Wednesday on LMFM with Grace Tierney. It's the time of the month when author Grace Tierney brings us the fascinating and often hilarious origin stories behind words we use a lot and weird sounding words we should use more often. This month, as February is the month of love, we are focusing on romantic themed words and Grace Tierney is back on the line. How are you getting on, Grace? I'm very well. It's nice to speak to you. Great to have you on the show. Now, I heard it through the grapevine, Grace, that you're a huge fan of Valentine's Day. So... <laughs> so much so that you've created a love themed love themed uh, word fillery. I love this phrase though I heard it through the grapevine this is something I should use more but really don't oh okay I, I would use it a reasonable amount it's certainly maybe the gossip grapevine is better out in Stamullen than it is in your neck of the woods yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say that I'll be killed by the locals uh, yeah I, I don't normally go for phrases I'll be honest because they are really difficult to pinpoint and they're usually filled with loads of side tangents and people believe firmly that their version is correct even if it's proven to be incorrect so I, I if I'm going to get given out to you about this one, I just want to say I did research, I promise. Um, anyway, it turns out it's got quite an interesting history because it brings us on a kind of a trail from the Romans to the Normans and then right up to Motown and the American Civil War. So I was like, oh, that, that caught my eye. Um, I'm going to get started with just the actual word itself. So yeah. grapevine joined English in the 1700s and it's a compounded word of grape and vine so not too tricky so the word for grape in old English was a uh, winberga uh, which is literally a wine berry which is quite a good name for it uh, but from the mid 1200s we grabbed the word grape from old French so grape may have reached French from various Germanic words, all relating to hooks, because there was a hook-shaped tool that you used to cut the bunches of grapes from the mm. vines. So it's all pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, then vine comes into English at roughly the same time, again from Old French, uh, where the word was vigne, meaning vine. And the Normans brought French language and the wine-drinking culture to England around this time, so it all makes sense. The old French had the word thanks to the Latins uh, or the Romans uh, who said vinea, meaning vine or vineyard, and vinum, meaning wine. So this is all very useful if you're going to have a glass of wine later on. Yeah, you're but making me want wine, to have a glass of wine right now. <laughs> it's probably a little early, you know, and it is only Wednesday. But anyway, um, but the grapevine obviously isn't native to England, um, but at it has arrived there since. They do make wine there now. They even make wine here in Ireland, which I've actually tasted and is quite nice, but they only make it in small quantities. And um, so for centuries, grapevine in English just potters along being all about the plant and the wine industry. But then its history takes a bit of a turn in the 1850s and 1860s. It gets an extra meaning. So in the 1840s, the telegraph network had been invented and was firmly embedded in American life and around the world. And by 1852, the term grapevine telegraph has arrived and it's added to the American dictionary. It described the informal network of news in a small community as being like the curling tendrils of a vine rather than the straight telegraph wires which stretched across the country. So basically the grapevine would sort of, you know, find its own way, whereas the telegraph overhead was very rigid and formal and you had to pay for it, which was a big point because the grapevine telegraph particularly worked well amongst the rural poor who worked amongst the actual vines doing vineyard stuff. Yeah. Um, and they didn't mind if, it, you know, 
they wanted to get their news across as fast as possible, but they didn't always have the money to pay the telegraph man. Um, so it carried the news often very quickly, and it was particularly associated with the African-American communities and the Native American communities. Then in the 1860s, we have the American Civil War and the grapevine telegraph becomes even more important because it's essentially a secret or unconventional way of spreading information about the war between the various communities. And it's blamed quite widely in the press at the time for spreading propaganda, which, of course, is the news of the war from the other side, (laughs) regardless of who you are, you have propaganda on both sides. Um, so we use, you know, I heard it on the grapevine or, oh, what's the news on the grapevine here? But there are two variations in other countries, which I stumbled on and I quite liked. So in Australia, you'll find the Bush Telegraph instead of the Vine Telegraph. Of course, yeah. And it's, it was an informal network that passed information about police activity to convicts that were on the run in the bush in the late 1800s, mm. which was kind of interesting. And it also had a criminal tendency in uh, British English as well. So you would have had the jungle telegraph around the same period. And it was for communications in the far flung reaches of the British Empire. I know they weren't all jungles, but some yeah. of the areas where, yeah. and that's what they called it. And um, But probably the real reason that modern English speakers use grapevine in this sense is thanks to Motown. So we have heard it through the grapevine, which was recorded by Gladys Knight and the Pips in 1967. And again by Marvin Gaye, which is the one that I think I'm most familiar with in 1968. And basically we've been humming it ever since and spreading the news on the grapevine. We have. And that is fascinating because I literally just thought it was gossiping vineyard workers. But now it's actually like it's actually it was a telegraph, which is just that's fantastic news. I I love that history and that I really do. Um, I'm going to use it more. I really am. Uh, Now, I am a hugger. I am a hugger. So when I meet people for the first time, I could go in for a hug. You know, some people are weird about that. But you have hug. What is the origin word or what's the origin story around hug? Yeah, I have to say I'm a hugger as well. That's how this one ended up. Also, if anybody's called Hugh, you should definitely listen to this one because it does relate to you. Um, So the word hug is quite a late addition to the English dictionary, much to my sadness. It doesn't arrive until the 1560s. And it was originally spelled H-U-G-G-E, um, spelling very erratic back then. And they like to throw in a few extra uh, E's on the ends of words. So technically, its origin is unknown, but it's highly suggested that it came from an old Norse word, hugga, which is spelled nearly the same. And it translates beautifully as meaning to comfort, which mm. I think is pretty much what a hug yeah. is for. Yeah. So hugga itself comes from hugger. Um, which is courage or mood. And it comes from a proto-Germanic root, which also gives us, okay, hikyan, I think, to think or consider in Old English and the name Hugh. So Hugh is actually hug, which is quite nice. And to think, which is also very good. So there may also be a link to the German uh, verb hegen, meaning to cherish, which originally meant to enclose with a hedge, uh, now, I know that sounds a bit odd, but yeah. it does have the idea of enclosing or yes. bringing your arms Enveloping. in. Enveloping. Yes, yes. Yeah, but uh, I think really the Old Norse one's the best because the idea of comforting is really close to what a hug means today. I love that. You, I've got a, 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 another appreciation now for people called you. That is brilliant. Uh, now, snuggle, a little bit like hug, snuggle, kind of more of a prolonged hug, really, isn't it? Oh, that's it. Yeah, I guess that is how you would change the definition. Yeah. And, you know, technically, you sort of have to have somebody to hug, whereas you yeah. can snuggle by yourself. 
Do you it's know not the I mean? same though. Snuggle up with yeah. the book. You know, it's Ireland Reads Day at the weekend. So it is. Snuggle up with the book. Um, so the verb snuggle joined English in the 1600s alongside the same word as snug. So they're just variants of each other. Um, it originally had nothing to do with love at all. Oh. In the 1500s, you could call a ship snug, meaning it was compact, tidy and well protected from the weather. Um, that use probably arrived with the Vikings because in Old Norse, we have a snogger, uh, which doesn't mean snog, <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> We're just not going there. You there, Grace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I know where your mind goes. Um, but anyway, a snogger actually didn't mean anything about kissing. It was for somebody who was short-haired and neat and tidy. And then there were similar words in Old Swedish and Old Danish, again, for neat and tidy. So it was all about being sort of cozy and tidy I suppose yeah then at some point during the 1600s the idea of a ship being comfortably set up transferred to land and at this point snug and snuggle could be used to say that something was in a state of ease and comfort by the 1700s we have a phrase which I have not heard before was as snug as a bee in a box no bug in a rug Snug as a bug yeah. in a rug. Yeah, yeah. No, snug as a bug doesn't come along for nearly another hundred years. Oh. So I think the idea of the bees in the box is maybe like the bees hibernating or yes. being quiet over okay. the winter. So kind of February time, they're probably not on the wing too much. Um, so the usual dictionary sources go a bit quiet on how we get from bees and bugs to people snuggling. But I can only imagine that it's thanks to the idea of being cosy and being close with loved ones, regardless of what species you are. But either way, on a cold February day, it's good for bees and people to snuggle up at home. It is indeed. Now, things are getting a bit saucy. I mean, we've kicked things up a notch here now from hug and snuggle to aphrodisiac. Yeah, I know. I I did promise I'd keep this PG and I will. So um, an aphrodisiac is a food or drink which is believed to increase desire and love. So they are named for a person, well, a goddess. Uh, They're named for Aphrodite. So she was the Greek goddess of love and beauty, which is a pretty good gig if you think about it. So according to Homer, she was born from the sea, foam, as the daughter of Diane and Zeus. So Daddy Zeus, however, feared that the gods would fight over her amazing beauty and he married her off quickly to Hypostases. Hopefully I've said that right because it's a tricky one. Uh, He was the smith god. So he would sort of hammer out all the uh, magical implements and weapons for the gods. He showered her with jewellery and a magical golden belt and was absolutely obsessed with her. Unfortunately, all the extra jewellery just increased her appeal and her infidelity was utterly legendary. Um. Yeah, she wasn't very good. Um, But, you know, I'm sure she had a lovely time. Her festival, (laughs) uh, which was called Aphrodisiac, (laughs) uh, was celebrated all around Greece and her priestesses in her temples were women who represented the goddess but on earth. And the Greeks believed that snuggling with the priestesses was the best possible way to worship Aphrodite, which is quite an interesting idea for church service. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, Our mystery word, by the way, uh, has everybody bamboozled. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. So it's uh, Oxorius. And I, my line of thought with this was, you know, when you have the ick, when someone gives you the ick, like you just go off them, you know, you've liked them and then suddenly they do something like, I don't know, maybe they have a, a gold medallion on them and suddenly you just go, no, I've got the <laughs> ick. I think it's a Shakespearean word for the ick. Now we do have, I'll get to some of these uh, ex- excessively fond of, uh, says Marie in Kilcock. She could be on the on the right track there. Does it mean 
Uh, this is the opposite. A total dislike, says John in, in Ballamakenny. Um, well, does it? Now, this is crazy. It sounds like a disgusted dinosaur after getting wilted flowers because the T-Rex couldn't pick them up fast enough. Nobody knows what's going on in, in that uh, guy's head. Uh, is it something to do with having a very strong love for somebody, says Baz. And then another one here, uh, Caroline reckons it's fed up or peed off, basically. So what does this right. mean? So listeners are kind of split on this one. It yeah. either means you really, really like somebody or you've got the uck or the ick yes. going on. The ick is a great word, isn't it? Yeah, actually? it is a great word. Um, yeah, I love the dinosaur one. I can really see that one. That's an image for radio, <laughs> all right. Uh, and yeah, you might be on track a little bit. Shakespeare may have used this. Oh, okay. I'd, have to, I'd have to go and do some Googling, but the time period's okay. Um, so uh, Uxorius, uh, which is tricky to, <laughs> to say. I it did is. have to look it up. Um, it means that you are too fond of your wife. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It can even mean that you're possibly a tiny bit henpecked. So you, you can use it in a sort of a positive or a negative way if you're saying it about somebody else. Oh, you know, Bill is uxorious about his wife. Maybe you're being positive about how much he loves her, but you may also be having a bit of a dig about, oh, he's a bit over the top about yes. Jill. She's not that great kind of thing. So it dates back to the late 1500s. So technically Shakespearean times. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a direct import from Latin. It hasn't gone through any other languages. They just went, we'll be having that word. Um, where it, it literally just meant about a wife, or it could mean devoted to a wife, or it could mean ruled by a wife. So the sort of double meaning was actually in it from the very beginning. And it all comes back to uxor, which means wife in Latin, which was ah, one I'd never heard before. No. Um, Uxor actually gives us another word as well, which is uxoricide, which means the murder of your wife. Oh. Hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully um, not. Not a good thing. We're, we're against that as wives. Um, but and just to balance that off, there is a term for killing your husband. I was just going to well. say. <laughs> yeah. I thought you might want to know that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm all about <laughs> yeah. balance, gender yes, equality. Balance. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so it's not as good a word, though. So it's just mariticide. Ah, which no. sounds just like killing the person you're married to. Yeah, it's yeah. a great word. I think Uxor has got a bit more oomph to it. But um, yeah. yeah, so too fond of your wife. Too I don't think fond that's possible, obviously. No, here. clearly not. Clearly not. Grace, as always, it's been a highly entertaining, insightful word foolery. We'll chat to you again next month. Great, look forward to it. Thanks a million, Grace Tierney there. You can find out more about Grace and her blogging and her work on wordfoolery.wordpress.com. The 11 to 1 show. LMFM. Lots of messages coming in about celebrities that we would love to share or travel along with on the 100X Expressway. We'll get to those very shortly. First, here's Brian Kennedy. It is competition time. The Expressway 100X timetable has just been enhanced. You can now jump on board the 100X in Dublin City, Drogheda and Dundalk with 19 hourly services every day, all serving Dublin Airport. That's four new trips daily, including two new early morning services departing Dundalk to Dublin at 3.30am and Dublin to Dundalk at 5.44 and also two new late night services. They'll depart at 21.30pm from Dundalk to Dublin and from Dublin to Dundalk at 22.44. You can also save 50% when you book online with a young adult or student leap card. Guarantee your seat book in advance at expressway.com 
Wilton.ie. Also remember the Dublin Terminus that's relocated from Wilton Terrace to Marion Square to celebrate this new enhanced timetable. Expressway has given us great prizes. I have two weekly travel passes to the value of €140 to give away, plus a €100 one for all voucher. We're giving that away every day this week. All you have to do is tell me what celebrity you want to travel with on the 100X Expressway and why. And you're getting in touch. This is from Jess in Kells. Hi, I'd love Sophie Vareg. Vareg. Gara even I'd love to travel with her because she's such an inspiration to many people that have or have thyroid cancer she's a survivor of it says Jessica lots to chat about there Uh, my name is Olivia I'd love to travel with Alan Carr it would be gas crack yes that would be gas crack Uh, also what about James Gordon after watching his uh, bus trip with Prince Harry, I reckon we'd have a great day. That's coming in from Hannah in Bally Bay. Anne Hegarty, the governess on the chase. She's very clever, very funny, says Jerome in Termin Keep those coming in. Who would you love to travel with? What celebrity and why? 86 658 It's still number one. It's the longest reigning number one single of 2023 so far. Miley Cyrus, Flowers. Herman Feck and Macra Club are holding an open night for new members to join the club. They are looking for people aged 17 to 35 to go along to this open night. It's happening on the 3rd of March. That's a Friday night in St. Feckin's GAA Community Centre at 8.30pm. And they say there's many social events where you'll build lifelong friendships there's opportunities for personal achievement in sport performance speaking and farming competitions straight mockra also opportunity to travel as well via scholarships and international youth exchanges as well and lots of different things lots of benefits to joining uh, a mockra club so Terminfec and mockra open night Friday the 3rd of March at 8.30 Blondie Heart of Glass on LMFM's 11 to 1 want to say big congratulations to Jess Kavanagh she's in Kells you are getting our Expressway weekly travel passes there's two of them for you and as well as that you're getting a 100 euro one for all voucher don't worry there's another chance for you to win on tomorrow's show that is our lot on the show for today thank you so much for your company chat to you tomorrow The 11 to 1 show 